Yo fam, Coach Sam Strong Jans Coaching here with Coach Tom for another podcast episode. Uh, Strong Jans Coaching is where we help men get stronger physically, mentally, and socioeconomically in life. Um, today we're going to be talking all things marijuana, weed, the devil's lettuce, uh, Mary Jane, because in New Jersey tomorrow is going to be uh, legalized in the state of New Jersey. So we want to get some information out on marijuana. Uh, Tom is the guy to do that. Um, coach Tom, how long have you been a drug and alcohol substance abuse counselor? Wow. Well, first I just want to say that it's, 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 it is legal in New Jersey, uh, but it's going to be available for sale for the first time tomorrow, April 21st. Uh, so, um, it was legalized uh, by vote in November, 2020, but these things take a very long time to roll out. So the state, you know, has decided to, to, uh, because it's been a long time, to uh, allow the uh, to allow a legal sale to occur in the medical marijuana facilities in the state that already exist. So there's eight or nine of those in the state. So it's going to be available for sale at, at those facilities starting tomorrow. But yeah, I mean, um, I, I got my first job as a, a drug counselor. I think it was in 1988 uh, in in. Um, in uh, Asbury Park, uh, working with um, people with heroin addiction uh, in a methadone maintenance, um, you know, uh, facility or treatment facility in Asbury Park. And, um, you know, it's funny because, uh, you know, heroin would be seen as, uh, you know, to a lot of people, the very direct opposite of marijuana. You know, we see heroin as a very dangerous drug, and it is, but because marijuana is a lot different than heroin, you know, and uh, for example, you know, uh, you're not going to OD on marijuana. Okay. It's, it's impossible unless you eat uh, too much of it and then you could possibly OD, but nobody would do that. Um, but you can OD on heroin, obviously, but you can't OD on marijuana. So automatically, you know how people think they're like, well, then, you know, it's, 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 it's safe. There's no harm to it. Now, Obviously, marijuana is not heroin. Those are two different types of drugs, and they both bring, you know, certain things to the table. But just because you're not going to die, okay, from an overdose from doing marijuana doesn't mean that doing too much marijuana can great, cannot greatly interfere in your life because it can. And that's kind of, you know, over the years, over the decades, um, I've heard it all. Uh, I've heard so many things from, from, I've heard so many things from people, um, you know, uh, who uh, use marijuana. And I'll tell you a real, a real funny one. Okay. That one of the first experiences was even before I was a drug counselor, I was a probation officer for one year. I was a young guy, 25 years old. And, and um, I was a probation officer. And uh, there was this dude on probation um, you know, for, uh, marijuana possession. Okay. Uh, and he was in a band at the time, a very popular shore band, very popular. They played Led Zeppelin music. It was awesome. They were great. So anyway, this dude was on, was on probation for what they called the conditional discharge, meaning that at the time it was a small amount of marijuana. As long as he did his probation and there were no issues or arrests, then he would be discharged from that on his record. So anyway, he wasn't my probationer. I was covering for somebody uh, because someone was absent for a very long time on medical leave. So it was someone else's probationer. So I had to talk to him. So he was due for a drug test. 
you know, and he was new on probation. And, you know, that's part of probation. Like you have to, you know, it doesn't matter what your offense is. You get drug tested. OK, at least that's what it was like back in the day. So he hadn't been drug tested yet. And it was time for him to be drug tested. So I brought it up to him. You know, I'm like, listen, dude. Yeah. Like, um, so you got to be drug tested. And his face dropped. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Like, you're on probation. Like, you got to be drug tested. Look, it's, it says right here. He goes, oh, he goes, man. He goes, he goes, I didn't know that. I'm like, he, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, man. I'm like, it's part of it. You know, um, I, I, why is there going to be a problem? You know, uh, you know, are you going to test positive or something? He looks at me, he goes, he goes, I'm a musician, man. Ah, <laughs> that's actually really funny. <laughs> and I'm like, I looked at him, I'm like, yeah. He goes, I'm a musician, man. Of course I'm going to be positive. <laughs> that's actually really fun. I said, listen, man, I'm like, I said, okay, like, all right, well, it's going to be one positive, but you're going to have to work this out. He goes, I, he goes, I don't know how this is going to work. He goes, I just can't stop using. I'm like, you're going to have to, man. Like you got caught, you know, you got caught. You're, you're, you're on probation now. So yeah, you're going to have to give a negative here at some point, you know, and see, that's the truth of the matter. Uh, you know, so that's how my career st started. And, you know, he kind of, he kind of just didn't see it as a big deal. And you know what, to a lot of people, I understand it's not that big of a deal. You know what I mean? And if that was today, that gentleman would not have been arrested, you know, so we've come a, a long way. But well, let's, um, let's go keep that point going because he had a hard time just giving it up. Right. He had to do probation. Oh, yeah. It's not a, Like you said, um, you know, it's not a serious drug where, um, you know, people a lot of people feel like they, they don't get addicted to marijuana. That's a big thing you hear all the time. Like, oh, I don't get I'm not addicted to it. But Very someone much. like him, for an example, like someone like him, you know, he, he may have been slightly addicted to it if he couldn't give it up or he could just been straight up addicted to it if he couldn't give it up. So I hear that argument a lot, you know, just in conversation. People say, oh, you can't get addicted to marijuana. I can't get addicted to marijuana. You know, it's just I like doing it. So can you address that really quick? Why is it so easy for people to fall into marijuana? And then why is it hard for them to get out when supposedly it's not that addicting? Well, I mean, very good questions. And first, I'm going to say that I'm not a marijuana basher. You know what I mean? So I'm not anti-drug, anti-marijuana. I have some issues with the legalization, but that's only because of it make it increases availability to, to young kids. You know, now someone could say, well, they could get it if they want. I'm like, yeah, you're right. They could, but they would really have to look for it. But now now it could be in all their friends houses, like easy access. Right. So so um, it just exposes kids at younger ages to it um, who maybe not would have been exposed. Right. But anyway, so I just wanted to get that out there to say, oh, this is a podcast. This is an anti-drug guy. No, no, I'm a drug counselor. And, you know, if people use drugs and it doesn't cause a problem for them, then God bless them. You know, like I don't get on my pulpit. That's not my business, you know, but um, in regards to marijuana, okay, marijuana way back in the day in the 60s and 70s, like it was a much weaker form of marijuana. The drug in marijuana is, is a very long, uh, uh, you know, drug name, but, uh, you know, shortened is called THC. A lot of people generally know that. That's the psychoactive drug in marijuana, THC. That's what gets somebody high. So back in the day, like back in the 60s, 70s, you know, it, there wasn't the content of THC in marijuana wasn't as high. 
But, you know, as we've gone on the decades, it's become much higher. So the higher it comes, the more likely that someone's going to become more dependent on it. It was very unlikely in the past for someone to become physically addicted to it. Uh, mostly it would be a psychological or a mental type of addiction. So back in the day, you would really have to use every day, multiple times a day for months and months and months to get physically addicted to it. And even then, people would deny that they were physically addicted because they associate physical drug addiction with a heroin withdrawal, with getting throwing up, having diarrhea, wow. having, the, having the shivers. Yeah, it's not like that. So, you know, um, when you're withdrawing from marijuana, it's very, it's kind of similar to nicotine, okay? There's two major symptoms that you get high anxiety and insomnia. Those are the two things, you know, that people generally get uh, if they really are getting physically dependent and now they want to stop using marijuana. You know, but we are, it's a totally different ball game now in 2022. Totally different. Why do I say that? Vaping devices. Vaping devices are, uh, man, I tell you what, they're terrible. Um, you know, they're able to deliver, okay, very quickly, a high content, okay, of THC, and people become addicted very quickly to it, okay, and vape pens whack you out, okay, and uh, uh, true marijuana smokers will tell you this, that there's a big difference between a vape pen and the traditional way of getting high in marijuana, okay, yeah. so now it's such an issue, because this is one of the problems with marijuana, right, Sam? Marijuana is an all the time drug. Alcohol is not an all the time drug. OK, uh, most drugs are not an all the time drug. What do I mean by that? Marijuana is a 24 seven drug. You can do it 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. OK, people don't drink alcohol at eight o'clock in the morning. It doesn't happen. Maybe a true alcoholic who's addicted has to drink in the morning to ward off withdrawal symptoms. Yeah, that's not everybody. That's a small, small percentage. So. You know, I, I bet none of your friends wake up and say, hey, I'm going to have a beer at eight o'clock in the morning. OK, no. Depends, depends if it's tea time on golf. Depends. Yeah, but that's <laughs> no, a that's her. no, of course not. No, no. Yes. But, but on a regular base, basis, wake and bake. Wake and bake. OK, uh, is a saying because so many people do it. Marijuana is a drug that you can tolerate all the time. So people like how that feels. So they get led down this road. OK, of using it too often okay and then they become used to it their brain starts to change they expect it now they do what we call self-medication okay they use it to medicate certain ills so what is the number one ill that marijuana users use okay to self-medicate it's anxiety. boredom anxiety it's, too right it's boredom that's number one okay two is sleep boredom and sleep OK, so now they get caught in this trap where, wow, I'm really bored. I can't tolerate boredom. But, you know, hold, hold on. But um, your point was, why do they do it to because they're bored and to go to sleep? Well, I'm saying that if someone has started to use for self-medication purposes, OK, not just to get high, but for other reasons, they're using themselves. So yeah. a self medication reason, the number one, like someone would say stress. Someone well, yeah. I asked them. I'm like, why, why, what do you, why do you self-medicate marijuana? Why does someone who's using marijuana self-medicate? Oh, because of stress. I'm like, no, can they? Yes. What's the number one reason? Boredom. So, okay. So I was going to say, um, you were saying number one thing and 
what pops in my head is everybody says anxiety. Oh, I smoke weed because of anxiety, right? So <clears throat> when someone comes, you know, says, you know, they're smoking weed all the time because they're anxious, right? Um, what do you think or what would you recommend for someone? Like, what is the root cause of that, right? Is it actually anxiety? Should they go see somebody and maybe um, see if they do have anxiety? Um, do you think the marijuana, do you think that's just a, uh, an excuse to smoke more marijuana? There's a couple of things here, right? So first, I should say- also, also, does it help with anxiety or can it make anxiety worse? What's the- uh, All of the above, okay? But here's the thing. It's a slippery slope. So everybody knows what I mean when I say that, okay? If you choose to use marijuana, help with mar- anxiety, that's a slippery slope. It may lead you, okay, to a place you don't want to go. So let me first say that the state, let's talk about medical marijuana. The state, uh, of New Jersey, I'll just talk about them. You know, they when medical marijuana was approved, they initially came out with certain illnesses that it was approved for. That's it. You just couldn't say, "Hey, yeah, I got aches and pains on marijuana." Like, couldn't say that in the beginning. Then they added, like, they added anxiety, which I didn't agree to. Okay, because marijuana in and of itself, okay, I don't know if you know any person, anybody personally, but marijuana can make people anxious. Okay, I have a close friend of mine that gave up marijuana, okay, because of that very reason, was having panic attacks when he used it, right? And yes, he didn't so like, go ahead. I think um, it, it, I, I've had 50-50 with everybody I talk to. You know, some people say it makes them more anxious and, and paranoid. Uh, and then some people tell them it makes it less anxious, more relaxed. Um, but I really think what it might do is like alcohol does to a certain extent is just exacerbate someone's personality. So if you're already an anxious person, and taking marijuana may cause you to be more anxious. It could reduce your anxiety, but maybe it exacerbates somebody's personality, kind of like alcohol does. It kind of breaks your shell down, lets you be a little bit more social, exacerbates yeah. who you want to be kind. So I think it, you have to, if you're someone who smokes weed and, you, and you know, you're getting anxious, you may be an anxious person. It may be exacerbating your anxiety. Do you see that? Does that happen at times? Yeah, it happens because people don't understand what a therapeutic dose is. And this is what this, this is what the slippery slope is. Yeah. People, people like the feeling of marijuana. Okay. So there's a gray area. How much do I use to help with my anxiety? And did I use too much? Okay. So what happens is people on this slippery slope, if they're using, if they're using marijuana to help with their anxiety, a lot of them end up using too much marijuana. So if you use too much marijuana, it that overall makes you more anxious. So yep. if you overall are more anxious, now what do you want to do? I want to smoke more marijuana. So if I see, so you get into this vicious cycle. And the reason is, Sam, therapeutic dose. Someone who's using marijuana therapeutically should not be high. Okay. Like if you are really high, if you're whacked like Spicoli, okay, then, you know, then you miss the boat. You're not using for your affliction. You're, you're just being a pothead. Okay. Like, makes sense. And that's, um, important. that's important. A lot, a lot of people do do that. They just get completely zooted out of, the, out of their brain and think that they're reducing their anxiety or, or whatever. The case yeah, they miss the boat. There's a therapeutic, there's a therapeutic way to use it. And that's the trick. If I like marijuana, am I able to use it at times? Like if I'm anxious and I want marijuana to help me, can I only use a little bit and stop so it helps my anxiety? Or I'm like, oh man, I got the taste, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, and what you said before is you could smoke it all day long. So it's hard. It's, I think it's kind of, yeah, it's difficult, right? It's difficult to establish that 
what is the good amount for you? And I think a lot of times people overdo it in the beginning. A lot of people don't like to take small things. It's like, if I'm in, I'm in kind of thing. It's not like if I'm in, I'm in a little bit. So I think that's a challenging aspect, but it is true that therapeutic dose can help in some you know, instances for some things like, for example, Parkinson's disease, you know, putting someone on marijuana for Parkinson's seems to lower that tremor and let them live a more functional life. But, you know, maybe if you put, if you just totally gas them out with it, it would make things, you know, it would make them worse. I mean, I don't know. Cause I've never seen that. Here, here's the issue. Here's the issue with marijuana. Like, I, l- listen, I listen to people. If they feel marijuana helps their pain or whatever, fine. But it's important to know there's no research with that. So there's no research that says, you know, um, marijuana helps this particular affliction. You know what I mean? So um, now that well, I guess I, anecdotal, anecdotal research. What's that? Anecdotal. There's a ton of anecdotal research out there. So um, and, and, you know, for just for example, personal trainer for 10 years, train a lot of clients. The amount of clients who I've trained who have smoked marijuana is it's got to be 70 percent. Right. And so I've trained a lot of old, older clients, you know, in their seventies, eighties, late sixties. And, um, these are some really successful people, really successful people live really great lives, very healthy individuals. And they've smoked weed every day since they were 13 years old. Some of them, not everybody, some of them, but all of them had this one thing in common is that they used it more so as a medicine, medicinal dose. Right. So, uh, I have one client who runs a, few hundred million dollar company. Right. And, um, he smokes marijuana every night, every night. He refuses to do it in the morning. He refuses to do it at work. He refuses to doing it during the week if he's busy, but he does it at night and sometimes recreational on the weekend. And he has no issue with it. He doesn't do it for anxiety or anything like that. It's just his nightly routine. He, and I think there are a lot of people similar to him out there, but I think there's more people out there who are abusing it than there are using it to their benefit. But I, well, I do think marijuana does pose some positives for some people uh, to live a more functional life. Um, I just think a big problem is what you're saying is that dose, especially with these vapes, you know, like you were saying, it's just an endless dose of marijuana. It's crazy. It's crazy. But this is what I'll say generally. Okay. Um, you know, you know, it's not so much, it is and it isn't, but it's not so much the drug. When, when you look at it, you know, like your, your client, okay, you look at his life, does marijuana interfere with his life? And if you're looking honestly, it doesn't, right? You know, so that's really the formula. And that's what's hard to get some people to see. It's like, okay, let's look at your marijuana use. You're using it every day, several times a day. Let's see if it's interfering in your life. And if it is, then, you know, maybe it's an issue for you. So it's an honest conversation. And you know what? You apply that formula to every drug, to alcohol, to pills, to everything. Marijuana, I always tell people all the time, marijuana is not in this special little protective box that, that drug issues don't apply to it. A lot, of people think, a lot of people think that it doesn't apply, you know? Well, even, you're right. I mean, like, think about even like something as simple, it's not even a drug, but video games, right? Like I think any type of, any type of habitual addiction, right? Any could be, have similar um, factors to it, just like marijuana does. Um, And I think a big problem for people is, is because marijuana is a drug and and you can, you know, uh, rebuttal me on this, but I, I think it's pretty solid is that um, is because it's, it's not a serious drug in terms of, you know, getting you completely out of your consciousness and, you know, ruining your life. 
Um, I think people smoke it because it does alter reality slightly. It does, you know, change the way your brain is working and some people don't like themselves. And I think they fall into this uh, habit where they use marijuana. They felt a little bit better. Maybe they, you know, maybe they're someone who reduced their anxiety quotation um, or their boredom and uh, they, they become mentally a different person in some aspect, not fully, but some, some aspects, their consciousness has changed and they become to rely on that because they don't really necessarily like living without it. Right. But some people I feel like um, use that as, as a crutch to get along in life. Uh, now you can tell me if that's, if you think that's right or wrong, but I, I think I see it in a lot of people that I come across. I think a lot of people just don't, um, they, they don't see how much it is affecting them or they don't want to see it. I, I call marijuana the Trojan horse of drugs. Okay. So if you're familiar with the Trojan horse story, okay. Of Troy. Okay. Where I forget who did what, but anyway, one army gave the other army, this big horse as a gift. And they're like, Hey, this is a gift. This is awesome. But there was an army hiding inside. And as soon as, as soon as their defenses were low and they're like, oh, there's not going to be any fight. They gave us a gift. Then the army burst out of the horse and killed them all. OK, so that's what marijuana is. It's a Trojan horse. You think it's a gift. OK, and it's like, hey, I can use this whenever I want. It's not going to affect me. You know, I'm not addicted to it. I get up the next day and I don't have to do it if I don't want to. And generally people are or, you know, they're right when they say that. So I can I can use it every day. It's not a problem. But you know what? There is an army inside. And that's what people don't get. And some people, Sam, you know, um, it takes a lot of work. Um, they might end up in therapy with me, but they still don't see it as an issue. And I always tell them, I'm like, listen. I said, I've learned how to do this over the year with over the years with marijuana users because they are very defensive in, in regard protecting that drug because it's not like alcohol. It's not you're not going to go out and kill yourself tonight using marijuana and it's not highly addicted. Vapes aside. OK, vapes aside, they are highly addicted, but non vape marijuana is not highly addicted. Right. You know, so I always say I start off with this. I said, I'm a firm believer that too much of anything in this life can be a bad thing, can affect your life. Too much of anything can affect your life. So let's have that conversation. You know, so too much alcohol can affect your life, too much spending, too much eating, right? Too much gambling, right? Too much working out sometimes can affect your life. Okay. Like, you know, um, you know, I've counseled triathletes who, you know, uh, who were had really terrible injuries and were getting divorced because, you know, they they were quite quite frankly, they were addicted to their that whole mode, that whole way of living. You know, so um, I start off there and I try to have that conversation. You know what? And it's it, it's works. It's helpful. It's a helpful conversation because I'm not looking. Dude, I'm not looking to say, hey, marijuana is bad, you know, bad, bad devil. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is like, dude, like, are you happy with your life? Like you're using this all the time. Like you're not yourself. Like, look, look at your goals. Like you can never seem to get to your goals. Like you always give up before you get there or look at the health you're in. You're not in good health. You know what I mean? I try to get them there. Yeah. Uh, well, we, it's, it's, yeah, I know that every, everything you just said is, uh, is completely accurate because it, it applies to other things besides marijuana. It applies to other things as well. Like for example, when someone comes in to see me for the first time in the personal training setting, um, I usually get all the time and it's, it is so annoying, but it is what it is with the social media world. People will come in with their phones on and they're like, this person on Instagram is telling me this, this, and this, and this. And like, I look can, like I, can I get this? Yeah, right. And they're like, can I get this body? Should I do this? Blah, blah, blah. And they tell me everything that they're doing, right? And I just sit there and I listen. 
I quietly listen. And at the end of their rant, what I ask is one question. Okay, how is that working out for you? And they sink in their chair. I say the same question every single time because they're sitting in my chair for a reason because everything they have tried or are doing is not working. Okay, and they don't see it yet. They are telling me what they're doing and that it's right. Most of the time they're like, yeah, I'm doing like, for example, I'm doing the ketogenic diet and like all this stuff. And this person's telling me this, this, and this. How is that working for you? Right. How is it working for you? And most of the time they're like, oh, shit, it's not. I'm like, okay, so let's try something else. And I think it's similar to the marijuana setting where it's like, like you're just smoking joints left and right. You're just smoking doobies and getting high on the couch and like, oh shit, I, you know, I'm a little late for work or like you forgot to call someone back or you're just being late. You're not taking responsibilities, but you don't think it's a problem. But hey, how about we look from the outside in and say, hey, how's this working out for you? And it might not be the marijuana, but by addressing one thing, we can start to talk about the things that surround that. And it's like, oh, you're smoking marijuana to avoid your responsibilities because you don't want to do responsibilities. So it might not be the marijuana the responsibilities that you're avoiding. So I think a lot of people need to act, ask the question, how is this working for me? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to get people thinking, you know, I, I, I'm like, uh, you know, like people who use every day, like, I'm like, you use every single day. You ever take a break? No. I'm like, you put a drug in your body every single day. You never take a break. No. I said, can you see yourself drinking alcohol every day? They're like, why would I ever do that? I'm like, it's another drug. You know, I, I mean, no. And I'm like, I'm like, listen, they're like, I could never do that. I'm like, okay, stay with that thought. I want you to think about this. If the thought of drinking alcohol every day, okay, is, is something that you can't even envision, why is it so easy for you to envision getting high every day? You know, because they're in the same ballpark. They're different. I'll grant you that, but they're both mood altering substances. So you were telling me, wow, I would never do that mood altering substance every day, but this one I will, you know what I mean? And, and so I try to get that conversation going, you know, cause that's a common sense, you know, um, conversation and, and they have learned to really minimize, okay. The effects that marijuana may be too much marijuana. Now I want to preface say that too much marijuana may be having on their life. My whole goal for people, you know, when they come to me is that, listen, like I said, like I just said before, too much of anything is not a bad thing. So, you know, how about cutting it back so we get it to where it's social? Because this is the, this is the fact, Sam, if you're using marijuana every day, you're not doing it with someone else. Okay. That's called self-medicating. You were using on your own. And, and that's a space where I don't think people want to be, you know? So I try to say, listen, why don't you try to get, get it back to where it's more like a social thing, like on the weekends, like with your friends, you know, try to try to get away from, I say there's two roads with marijuana. There's the social road and there's the self-medication road. And if you're on that self-medication road where you're a daily user now and, and you use it for specific reasons, okay, um, that's to me, that's a dangerous road because then it's really hard to break that. It's hard to get off that road, you know? Very um, to keep, keep that kind of line of thought going is I, for example, for me, I don't like when things can control me, right? I don't like, yeah. I don't like that feeling. Um, I like when I have control over things. Now you don't have control over 99% of things in life. It's a very small percentage of things that you have control over. And I'll say it all the time. Uh, I believe you have control over your body. So how much you move and what you do with it, you have control over the foods you eat. So what you eat, when you eat, how much you eat it. And you got control most of the time of your attitude. So how you address the things that you do in your life. So those three things are the main thing. Everything else, you just try and keep it together, right? 
But what you do control also is the substances, substances that you use. And I have come across some things um, in life where they have started to control me. And it, I didn't notice it at first, right? It took a while to notice that, oh, you know what? I'm doing this at this time, so I have enough time to do this, right? And I think that is when it becomes a problem because people don't think marijuana is controlling their life or whatever the case may be. We're just talking about that for now um, for this podcast, but it could be controlling your life if you start altering your schedule to do it or you, you don't do it uh, around other people because you don't like what they think. So then you make your, you open your schedule up so you can get it in before right. you go. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, and as a matter of fact, it's funny you mentioned that because, you know, if marijuana, you know, everyone's kind of familiar with Alcoholics Anonymous, right? 12-step self-help group where alcoholics go and, you know, uh, kind of it's group support. They follow steps and, you know, and then um, they support each other to stay sober. Well, there are a lot of offshoots from that because it's a very successful a self-help program that was started in the 1930s by two, two gentlemen. And so Marijuana is Anonymous exists. And it, it was it was founded in the late 80s, you know, and the very thing that you said, changing your schedule like that, OK, around your use is one of the 12 questions that they have. You know, when you first go into Marijuana's Anonymous, they have 12 questions for you. And they say, if you answered yes to any one of those questions, you're probably in the right place, you know, and that was, you know, I, can, I know that that was one of them. You know, and, and another like are, are you know, a couple other ones. Are your friends determined by your marijuana use? Like that's one on there, you know, um, you know, and, you know, do you do you, you know, do you get worried when your stash runs out? You know what I mean? And, you know, do you get anxious about that? You know, so there's a number. The questions are pretty good. I, I use them with my clients and I'm like, just for a conversation. You know, I'm not saying you should go on marijuana is anonymous or anything like that. But I'm like, listen. You might want to know if marijuana is anonymous. People would say, "Yeah, you probably you you you'll fit in if you come in and and and, and start talking." You know, so well, I just think it's important to ask questions in general. Like, you, for example, the personal training stuff. When you're going over your nutrition, you're trying to lose weight. Well, it's you know, okay, you eat this at night, every night. Why? why? You know, what's the reason for it? You know, um, how does it make you feel? And it's just important to ask these questions because sometimes, like, I just like. You don't even know why you're doing it, right? You really don't. A lot of times you're like, like, for example, I um, recently had a client quit smoking cigarettes and walked in one day and he was like, I just smoked a cigarette in the car before I walked in. And I was like, why? He goes, I don't know. I'm going to quit. Right. So it's like, he was like, I, he was like, it was that moment where he was like, why am I smoking a cigarette before the gym? He yeah. had, was like, had the conversation in his head. He's like, oh, my man, he's going to quit. Yeah. So. I think sometimes it's just asking like the right question, the right circumstance has to pop up to notice that something is you're doing something for no reason. Um, but in terms of just weed in general, you know, what um, kind of what effects does it have on the brain when someone smokes, um, you know, let's say higher than uh, of self-medicate, you know, real. Well, this is kind of important. Right. And this is why you, people want to be careful of daily use. You know, so outside of the euphoric effects that it has, okay, marijuana, okay, is chemically similar to a neurotransmitter that we have in our brain. So most people know that neurotransmitters, okay, are chemicals that messages get sent across, okay, the synapses in your brain. So messages get sent. So, you know, the brain is, is you know, 
you know, there's only so much neurotransmitter that your brain uses to transfer messages, right? There's, you know, that's how it works. But if you're using too much marijuana, because it's chemically similar to this neurotransmitter, you have too much of that in your brain. So what does that do? It keeps sending the message over and over again. Okay. So you over-focus on something. So if you are using too much marijuana, on a daily basis, you are over-focusing. So what happens when you over-focus on things? What do you cut out when you over-focus? The big picture. You cut out the big picture. Okay, so, and you live in this very defined, narrow view of things because, you know, whatever you're focused on at the time, you're over-focusing on it and you can't see the big picture. Now, you know, it may be, a, uh, let's just say someone's smoking a lot of marijuana and they want to lose weight and they're focusing on this diet, okay, that the big picture is, it's not going to work long term, but I'm really focused on losing the weight now. I want to lose weight now. I want to look at the scale. I want, I want pounds dropping off. But you're like, but this is unhealthy. But they don't really see that because the big picture is not clear. They're over-focusing on whatever's in front of them. And that's one of the big issues with marijuana that a lot of people don't understand when they use a lot of it. So marijuana could actually be used as a focus enhancer. Well, that's, you know, it could be, but again, that's the slippery slope. So what you're saying, are you saying it could be used as a focus enhancer or more like it just creates a tunnel vision for someone who smokes too much of it? It creates a tunnel vision, an overflow, okay, where you can't see the big picture. Because you you have a lot of people who would um, argue that point i don't know about argue but they would say from their own experience you know well i smoke weed and you know i just sat there and i thought about everything right so like you know because it's it's common to think when people go oh you know i had these crazy thoughts and then everything was so relaxed it felt so open to the world you know so when you say tunnel vision some people are going to be like well you know what's this guy talking about so here but the, the point is what i'm and i should have said this it's not just when you're high okay it's all the time because you have so much thc in your system Okay, so, you know, it's 24 seven. If you're using all the time, a person has tendency. Okay, they have too much of that neurotransmitter available and they're over focusing on stuff. Now, some people feel like marijuana helps them focus and it probably does. Okay, so someone that has ADHD. But again, what do we get back to, Sam? The slippery slope and therapeutic dose. So what happens is that if someone's trying to use it for focusing, they end up using too much of it because they like it and it, it and they overfocus on things and they can't see the big picture and it becomes an issue, you and know. So um, because in other substances that alter the neurochemistry of the brain and, and fire similar neurotransmitters, what happens is you know you stop producing those neurotransmitters as much naturally. So like that's why when you know, um, if you're doing opiates, for example, um, and then you drop off, people get super depressed, right? That's some, that's a common symptom. So marijuana, people don't think it's addicting. People don't think it's super powerful drug. Like you said, back in the eighties, seventies, it probably wasn't that powerful, but now with, you know, the vaping or higher doses or edibles and all the above smoking, eating an edible, then smoking a vape for the entire night while you're on the edible. Um, does it have the possibility or does it in general, uh, make you produce less neurotransmitters in the brain uh, right. when you're off of it. And Very is, that good. Why, is that why some people try and stop and it's similar to cigarettes where they can't stop because they need that hit of dopamine because cigarette, you know, whatever case may be. Uh, and then they're just left with this really low amount in the brain. Well, 
cigarettes is an interesting, um, you know, drug that that's rough because nicotine reaches you is the fastest drug to reach your brain seven seconds. And they feel like that's why nicotine is so hard. Smoking cigarettes is so hard to quit. But to your point, the neurotransmitters, the answer is yes. Okay. So any drug, including marijuana that you use too much of on a daily basis. Okay. Our brain is very adaptable. If there's too much outside drugs in our brain, our brain adapts and recognizes that it doesn't have to produce the, the, the normal amount of neurotransmitters. So it's now it's gotten used. Your brain has changed. Okay. So, but if you quit something like marijuana okay you let's say you've been a daily user for three years okay your brain stopped producing neurotransmitters at its regular level because the marijuana has taken its place but as soon as you stop using marijuana your brain doesn't bounce back right away so yes to answer your question you're going to be more depressed and more anxious more more blah you're just going to feel blah you're not going to get pleasure out of anything and you're going to be like this sucks so that's what that's why people end up relapsing or going back to drugs because their brain is not bounced back yet to normal. All right. And so what happens? You bridge the gap. A lot of people bridge the gaps with antidepressants and stuff because antidepressants help your brain. Okay. Have more neurotransmitters, more neurotransmitters available. And when you have more neurotransmitters available, particularly serotonin, okay, you feel better. All right. So yeah, it's not, it, you get, you get to, you get, you're playing with this up and down game with your brain. You're just, you're fucking with your brain, you know, and it, the brain takes time to bounce back. And that's what people, it's hard because we're impatient and we want to feel better now. We're in a now society. You know? it's, it's true. Um, how long do you think it normally takes for someone to bounce back who is an aggressive marijuana user when they stop? So it's, is it different for everybody? It's going to be different, but you got to give yourself a little time. So generally I say about two to three months till you start, you know, you're, you're back, you're starting to get back to feeling normal. You know what I mean? You know, it's not going to be two weeks. I'll tell you that, you know, you got to give, you got to give some time, you know, you got to give some time for your brain to readapt itself and start produce those chemicals and, you know, uh, on a more regular basis. So I've helped a couple people quit smoking cigarettes before. Um, and one way that I helped them break that nagging urge is I had them go for a walk um, with music on every time they had an urge to smoke a cigarette. And I didn't care what time of day it was. If they were at work and they would take their normal 10 minute cigarette break, I said, just walk the other direction away from where you normally used to smoke cigarettes and just right. walk all the way back. Um, and it's been successful for some of the people that I've trained, not everybody. Um, you know, some people have that, that really powerful craving that they can't break. I mean, we see that with people who try and diet um, and then they, they don't, they eat clean for a couple of days and they, they got that craving and the Ben and Jerry's in the freezer and eat the whole freaking tub of it, um, with it out, even using a spoon. But what are some things that people who are heavily smoking marijuana and like, like we said earlier, you know, it's probably not ruining their lives, like to a great extent, it just might be holding them back or it could be lowering their potential. Um, but they want to quit. What is something somebody could do to replace that feeling of I should be smoking right now or I feel like crap, man, that joint. Oh, man, I just want to smoke a joint. What's something someone could do? Well, there's a difference between someone that wants to quit totally or, or you know, cut back. Most people want to cut back, you know, and um, so I, you know, I, I use some common sense with that. You know, the first thing is that, you know, so if you're smoking this, as soon as you get up in the morning, my thing is, you know, you want to start slow 
and try to put off that first use of marijuana for the for as long as you can. Okay, so what's the so the purpose is is to if you're getting high multiple times a day and the first times in the morning, try to get high only once a day. Okay, and try to push that off to after six p.m. Okay, so you know do that first. So you're still using every day, but you're only using once, right? You know, so now when your brain is changed there and you feel comfortable with that, now it's like okay, let's try to skip a day. Okay, let's use every other day. Okay, and so we try to use a schedule like that. You know, um, now someone that like I've had these situations where you know some a guys of you know, it's mostly guys, a guy, I mean, not that, that women don't use marijuana, they do, but it seems like mostly guys that get my practice. But, you know, a lot of people understand is that, you know, you're young and when you're young, you use, you know, a lot of people tend to smoke a lot more marijuana, but then generally people kind of grow out of that. They, and, and so I get a lot of guys who didn't grow out of it and their wives are like, I've had it. No, you're not getting high every night. I'm tired of seeing you figure, you know, pass out on the couch. You're not helping with the kids. You're just high all the time. You know, you got to stop it or we're done. I've had a lot of those. Um, and so for guys like that, they're like, yeah, I got to stop it. I mean, you know, we look at the whole person, right? Starting to feel better. Okay. They usually, I, I hate to say this, but people that usually are, are, you know, smoking every day, they usually don't work out. They usually don't watching their diet. Their sleep is really poor because it's marijuana sleep, you know? And so that's where we start in regards to feeling better, starting to get in shape, um, starting to look at your diet. Okay. And, um, trying to do some things, distractions, you know, that'll make you feel good. Try to deal with your relapse triggers. But here's the other thing. If they feel like, wow, this is really too tough. Then I will suggest that they go on to talk to their doctor about going on a short-term antidepressant, which will help them bridge the gap between this is when I stop and this is when I'm feeling better, you know? So, um, you you look at the whole person, you try that first, and if they're doing all those things, but they're still feeling lousy and they think they're going to use, then then you might want to try the medication route, which is smart. It makes sense. And I think a big part of people, um, I, I personally think marijuana can be um, uh, used every day to a capacity and help people's lives in um, in a certain extent and certain situations. I, I, I think marijuana is just abused because of easy access and because people think that it doesn't do anything to them when in reality it, it does. I just think it's overused and overabused. But I think a lot of people can live happily ever after smoking weed, even if it's every day. But I think what most people are missing is a healthy lifestyle, because if you're not healthy in general, you're going to feel like shit. And then you use outside resources to try and make yourself feel better. One bout, I try and tell people this all the time, like you're feeling like crap, like one bout of low intensity, steady state cardio for 30 minutes is equivalent in your brain to this, a dose of one antidepressant medication. It may not last as long, but your brain produces almost the same amount of serotonin that it does when you take an antidepressant, when you take a 30 minute brisk walk. That is insanity. That is absolute insanity. It doesn't last as long, but if you can start making that a habit, guess what? You just took an antidepressant every day. If you went for a brisk walk every day, and paired it with a, a weight training session, you now just released double the dopamine that you would with one 30-minute walk. Again, it's not the same as a reuptake inhibitor. It's not the same exact thing, right? The serotonin is not staying in your brain as long, but it may stay in your brain long enough for you to stave off that feeling of smoking another joint so you can smoke it at night 
And along the way, you're going to get healthier. And you may have, you may not rely on these things to make you feel better because you're, you're changing the brain, the chemistry in your brain naturally through exercise. You get healthier, you feel better. Now you're using that drug or these other things to enhance your social life, right? So you can have more fun. Instead of it being the source of your fun, it enhances things that well, are fun to you because you're healthy. Vacation road, you know, as opposed to the social road. You know what I mean? And people fall, they, they fall for this trap, you know, of self-medicating with marijuana via, for sleep and stress and boredom. And, you know, my thing is don't use it for those things. You know what I mean? Like uh, try not to do that. Now, listen, if, if there's a guy that he smokes marijuana once a day and it's to help him get to sleep and he's going to do that for the rest of his life and he's, he's, he's got great success and there's no issues in his personal relationships and Who's to say that guy's doing something wrong, right? He's not, you know, but, but that's, he's figured it out for him and it's not an issue for him, you know? So, so, um, you know, and again, I only deal with issues, you know? So, you know, if someone doesn't have an issue, like I, I don't beat my chest and say, you know, if someone has an issue, I want to help them out, you know? And, and it's, it's, you know, if someone's using every day, multiple times a day and, you know, it's, it, their life is a mess. That's something that we got to discuss, you know, for their benefit, you know? Yeah, it's something that's got to be addressed. Um, but in the topic of sleep, you hear that a lot too. Marijuana helps me sleep. I smoke weed to go to sleep. Um, but I'm and uh, I'm I'm a big defender of of that. Um, the opposite of that. I don't think that's a reality for most people. I think it's something that they do because they believe it helps them. But I don't actually believe it does. I've tried before. It doesn't, at least for me personally, because. If you are still staying up till 2 a.m. in the morning watching Netflix, even if you smoked weed, it's not the marijuana that's helping you fall asleep. You're just falling asleep later at night. And the reason you're tired all day is because you stayed up till 2 a.m. It's not the marijuana that's helping you fall asleep necessarily or making you sleep better. It's that your circadian rhythm is so jacked up. Okay. That you and can't, you can say the thing is, too, with marijuana, it's a funny drug. Like people have different reactions to it. Like marijuana can act as a stimulant for some people, as a depressant for some people, and a, as a hallucinogenic for some people, right? So it's a weird drug that way, you know? So, you know, um, that's why people just have to be aware of what they're putting in their body and what the, what the response is. What yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm someone who uh, I used to smoke a decent amount of weed in high school, um, and uh, but I pretty much stopped after high school because... I, I had responsibilities and it would, I'm not just going to sit there and smoke marijuana when I got to get to the gym at 5am in the morning and open the gym. Like what, what am I doing? Um, so I think when somebody doesn't have something to do, it's a lot more enticing to just sit there and smoke marijuana all day. Right. So I think one thing you can do, I think you can smoke marijuana every day if you want to, like I just said before, but Hey, are you living like, are you working? Are you taking care of your responsibilities or are you and, just, and here's the other thing, I, 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 you know, here's the other thing too, you know, you got to consider other things like, you know, especially young guys, like, all right, that's how, how's it going to go in your relationship? You know what I mean? So, so this is your life now. Do you really want to be using every day where, where I've had a lot of clients where it's like, wow, I got to stop now. And I'm so used to this thing. I've been doing it for years and I don't know if I can stop and it might cost me my marriage. Do you really want to get there? I remember also, you know, how do your kids look at it? You know, like Sam, like uh, growing up, if, if you saw me drink alcohol every single night, okay, what would you have thought, you know, every single night? What would I, you wouldn't, have I wouldn't have thought anything because it would have been natural. 
right? So I would have continued the habit. I know yeah. a lot of people. I've, I, I know. But after you got older and you understood what alcohol is, I mean, what would you have thought of, you know, I'm if, drinking every day? If I didn't become that person, if I became someone who didn't drink every day, I think, oh, you know what? He's probably an alcoholic, right? But I most... It's- it's not so much even being an alcoholic. It's it's doing like it's doing a drug every single day. Like, you know, so, you know, I'll, I'll never forget that, you know, this was a long time ago now. Uh, this was over 20 years ago. Um, I was driving in the car and I was listening to the radio and um, it was about marijuana and about legalization a long time ago. And so there was a guy on, you know, talking about why it should be legalized and all stuff, blah, blah, blah. It's not a problem, blah, blah, blah. And so this caller, I'll never forget this dude. He comes on. He goes, you know what? He goes, uh, I used to think all like you, all you guys, you know, I was a big pothead and um, I used it all the time. I didn't think there was a problem with it. You know what I mean? I used every day, you know, and, and, and I had to use every day, you know, and I had to do it. You know, I had to, I had to smoke pot before I did anything. If I went to the store to pick up milk, I smoked pot, you know, I went to where I smoked pot, blah, blah, blah. He goes, and I didn't think there was anything big with it. You know, then my, then I have, I'm married and I have kids and then my kid, okay, gets into this anti-drug group at school. Right. She's a great kid. Anti-drug doesn't use it. And she caught me and she caught me using. And um, he goes and she hasn't talked to me for two weeks. And she goes, he, he says, he goes, I regret the day I ever used marijuana. The, you know, the, you know, I feel like such a, a low life, you know, and I'll just never forget that because your life changes, you know. And, uh, you know, so and that's the And why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing this up because. You know, someone that uses every day is a young person every day, multiple times a day or whatever. And it's 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 interwoven into the fabric of their life. Do you really want a drug interwoven into the fabric of your life? Really? Because down the line, it's going to be very difficult. And it does change you. Like I've had a lot of guys that are used for 20 years daily and their affect. Okay, the way that they present when they're just listening to you, they're just so flat. They have nothing to them. Yeah. But is that also like. I want to agree with that, but I think that's so far few in between in terms of like that situation that that guy had. Um, I think that's kind of just, you know, um, I don't think that happens to majority. And for a lot of people, when you say like they're flat, that could be you, you, a lot of people are mixing drugs here. OK, a lot of people are mixing drugs. What, so. what I'm saying is someone that use, uses multiple times a day, every day for years and years. That's what I'm saying. And, and so you can't escape. OK, uh, issues with that. Okay, you can't escape permanent brain change with that. So, okay, what, do so- think, what do you think the effects are? Like, for example, I just because I train so many people who smoke marijuana, but also happen to be on anxiety medication, antidepressants, all the above, right? So, what is the potential dangers of fueling your brain with your doctor gave you antidepressants, but you also have been smoking weed since you're 20 years old and now you're 35 and you're on antidepressants and you're smoking weed and you take Xanax to go to sleep. What you take Ambien to go to sleep, you take Xanax when you're, so what is the potential problems you could have overloading your brain like that? Because I know a lot of people who do all the above. Right. So I mean, to answer that question, right? I mean, you know, first it would depend on how much the person's doing it. So obviously, if they're not doing the marijuana too often, then it's not really going to have too much of an effect. Nothing for them to worry about. And but if can we say, can we say that's true for pretty much all instances? If you're just doing it every once in a while, it's really not right. Good. 
Yeah, anything once in a while, even if you're, it's not, it's not going to throw you, uh, you know, it's not going to throw, throw your brain off. It's not going to throw you off. Right. Mm -hmm. So even if you do that once a week, like, so someone was on all those drugs and they got high once a week, like that's really, you know, that's really not going to do anything for them. Right. To that. But if you're a regular user, now you got a couple of things that, that you should be concerned about. Like, you know, and this is the first thing. So, you know, we don't have these little compartments in our brain where all the drugs go into. Like Xanax goes in this compartment, stays by itself. Alcohol stays in this compartment. Marijuana stays in this compartment. Antidepressants stay in this department. We have what's called synergy. All these things come together. Okay. So, you know, my first, whenever this, you know, clients talk to me about this, my first thing is, well, you know, if you're using marijuana all the time, you know, it's going to take away from the effects of the other drugs. So I tell them, why even taking antidepressants if you use so much marijuana? I said, you're just hurt. You're just running it through your liver. You're not having an effect on it. You should be honest with your doctor. You know, so if you're using too much marijuana, you might want to consider why am I on antidepressants? You know, because yeah, it's really it's taking away from the effect. Now, if you're on Xanax and marijuana, those are two psychoactive mood altering drugs. OK, uh, an antidepressant is not. So, you know, now you're really going to have synergy like those two things together are going to come with a new high. OK, those two things are going to come together and create a synergistic effect, we call that. And you might really like that synergistic effect. You might like that combination of marijuana and Xanax. And then now you have a different animal that you're creating, you know, that might be hard to stop. So, you know, it, there's a couple of issues with that. And let's just just because it's about an hour in now. So um, yeah, up. getting tired. Yeah, no, no. I know. I always drag you in late because I got busy. <laughs> I got some long days. Um, but let's just drag it in here. Okay. So let's say um, um, someone, if, if you don't, if you listen to this podcast and you don't smoke weed, well, then we got no advice for you. Keep doing your damn thing. Right. But if you're someone who's been um, smoking weed for a while now, um, what is a good game plan for someone who wants to keep it in their life? Right. They want to keep it in their life. Uh, but they want to feel better. They want to be more successful. They want to accomplish more things, right? Um, and they haven't thought that marijuana is holding them back. And maybe it's not. Maybe they have to look at the other areas of your life. But what is a good game plan for someone who wants to keep marijuana in their life, but wants to be a little bit more motivated, more successful, uh, and, and get along the road that uh, they want to be on? The less you do of any drug, the more successful, okay, the more motivated you're going to be for other things. That's just fact. You know what I mean? Is there's no drug that can say, hey, you know, that that includes Adderall. Like people take Adderall because, you know, they call it a study drug. You know what I mean? Hey, I'm going to be more successful. Well, yeah, may, maybe it's going to help you be more focused for a while and need less sleep and all this stuff. But it's going to catch up with you. You know, it's going to catch up with you. You know, so even that's not good. You know, so. Um, but the thing is you want to evaluate to have an honest conversation with yourself. Like, am I doing this too often and too much? Do I really need to be doing a mood altering substance this often? Okay. So I always challenge people. Like if you are self-medicating and I determine self-medicating as using by yourself and, you know, and any successful story aside, and of course, you know, you used one here. Okay. of a client, put that aside generally speaking, why? My question is why? Why would you need to do something every day, a mood altering substance on your own? So I encourage them not to do that. I encourage them to put it where it's supposed to be socially, 
Put it to the weekend. Don't use Monday through Thursday on the weekday. You know, if you're going to use, use Friday through Sunday, you know, so keep it on the social road, not on the self-medication road. That's a really good place to start for someone to see, Sam, because this is a test. If you can keep it there, if you can successfully cut back and keep it there, guess what? You don't really have an issue with it. But if you fail and continue to fail to successfully cut back, you got issues going on. You know, so that's that's the key. So step one, try and gain control. Set a schedule. Try and see, if, that schedule. Oh, see if you have control. Yeah. See if you have control. And then after that, start. Um, what would be the next step that you would say? I would say after you see if you have control. Right. Say you do have control. You gain control over it. I think the uh, next step is um, addressing your motivations for life. Like what did you if it's, it's not the marijuana holding you back. What do you want so, so we talked about, I did a video on prioritizing your life, the life hierarchy, you know? So if you're using marijuana every day, obviously it's up there, uh, you know, in the life hierarchy, it's like one, two or three, you know what I mean? It's people could argue about that, but why is it up so high? You know? So, yeah, it's like, you know, it's kind of funny. Why is it up so high? Anyway, you know, it should, it, you know, it shouldn't be up that high. Like, why is it that important to you? Why is a drug that important to you? Seriously? You know, um, and that's the conversation I have. Like, it shouldn't be that important to you. Like, why is it? You know what I mean? So cut back on it significantly. Keep it where it's supposed to be. Do it with your friends. You know what I mean? Do it with your, with your friends on Saturday night. If that's what you guys do, you get together, you, you know, you get high, you have a couple beers, fine. When do you think marijuana is a good thing? for somebody when do you think it can be used listen uh, you know if someone has an issue and they feel that marijuana is really helping their issue and their life improves then i think that's a good thing done simple like that simple yeah. like that. perfect um yeah this was this was very uh informational especially you know for anybody out there who really didn't understand marijuana in the first place um so coach coach tom's going to be talking a lot about drugs alcohol substance abuse on these podcasts um it just so happened that marijuana is coming out um you know available tomorrow in new jersey legally yep. so um we wanted to get on here this was a last minute thing too so this is all off the top of his head maybe one day we'll um come back to the marijuana topic with some bullet points and really go over each one specifically um the exact ways it alters your brain the exact doses maybe if there's some studies out there that have shown to have some beneficial um you know elements to it and the ones that are harmful to it the different we can try and break, you know, through with the dabs and the wax and the vapes and which ones are really bad and all that. So that's something I'm excited to do. Um, and hopefully, uh, question, hopefully we get some questions from this podcast. Maybe we can address some questions. Yeah, I think we, I think we will. If anybody does want us to answer some questions, you can send them to stronggenscoaching at gmail.com. Any questions you can send to stronggenscoaching at gmail.com. If you're interested in our coaching services, where we host a membership website with every lesson that is recorded um as long as uh as well as live video coaching sessions uh with you guys when you're in the duration of the program you can reach out to us at stronggenscoaching at gmail.com reach out to us on instagram at stronggents underscore coaching or facebook at stronggents dash men's coaching and send us a message so we can get you started on getting uh getting your life together physically mentally and socially economically that'd be great um, and how so cost effective guys can can't get this type of expert you know exposure you know for the for the the, the low fee per month i'll tell you that no we've made it extremely accessible because the goal really um 
I'm super, the reason I started this was because I think men um, are missing this platform in their life. There's no one out there teaching them um, how to be physically, mentally, and socioeconomically successful in life. Um, they kind of, at least I felt when I was growing up that I was kind of the lone wolf. And I think men are, feel like they are supposed to be the lone wolf. And that's just a false narrative. Back in the day, there used to be a tribe who used to help you along. It was a tribal thing. Um, and that's what we're creating here at Strong Gents is a tribe of men who are helping men be better men because the world needs good, strong men. Um, and strong men have control over the drugs they use. <laughs> Done. And strong men know, okay, when something's a problem for them and they can't do it anymore. Okay. So that's a different type of strength. And that is showing the, the, the most strength. Okay. When, when you recognize, wow, this is a problem for me. I can't do this anymore. And I have to put all my energies towards being strong about that. So you can get a stronger, healthier life out of it. Done. Peace, guys. Bye, man.